Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation, and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs, and influencers from around the globe. With your host, serial entrepreneur and named one of the most influential Filipina in the world, Kate Hancock. Hi, everyone. I have here Courtney Baker. Um, she's a TEDx speaker, podcast host. I need to learn from her a lot. She's been giving <laughs> a lot of tips. CEO of Kids Care Home Health, author. She's been featured in Fox News, Forbes, and Half Post. Hi, Courtney. Hey, how are you, Kate? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm so excited for you to be here. Well, it's good to see you again. I know you were on my show a while, probably about a year ago. So, yeah. That was like, well, for anyone who doesn't know you, can you briefly introduce yourself? Yes. So I am Dr. Courtney Baker. I am the owner and CEO of Kids Care Home Health. We are a pediatric home health care agency that has, um, does private duty nursing and speech therapy physical therapy and occupational therapy for little kiddos with disabilities. And we're in three states, um, Texas. We have seven locations, Colorado, we have three and Idaho, we have one. So we are in 11 cities and three states. And um, yeah, it's uh, quite the journey. So we have about 700 employees now. And it's been fun. I've been on this roller coaster for God, almost 20 years. Wow. Well, I can't really wait to deep dive into your story. I know you have such an interesting story. I can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> well, I can't wait to just dive in with you and, and just chat. Yeah. So, oh, so Courtney, where did you grow up? I grew up in a small suburb of Dallas called Cedar Hill. Um, it was just a small little quaint country town. I remember when we got our first McDonald's, it was a huge deal. <laughs> but maybe that's showing my age. <laughs> okay, so um, what kind of kid are you in high school? In high school, high school was kind of a rough time for me. Um, high school, I was just on top of the world my freshman year. Um, and my sophomore year, I, uh, my sister was who I took care of. She had multiple sclerosis and um, I would help her walk and I would feed her and bathe her and I'd help her like talk and, and things like that. So I really took care of her. And when I was a sophomore, I was 16, um, she died. And so, um, then I gained, like, I didn't know how to deal with all the, the loss and adversity. And so I just started eating constantly, like everything in sight and probably from my sophomore year, to my senior year, I gained probably 40 pounds and um, 
It didn't help that I worked at a restaurant that had the best rolls ever. And so I would just like work and just eat. And um, then I got my first boyfriend. I figured I would like really start taking control of my life and um, got my first boyfriend. And then I got pregnant right away. So I was a senior in high school when I got pregnant with my son who, um, you know, I got pregnant and we broke up and he married his ex-girlfriend four months later. And I had my son six months after I graduated high school. So I became a single teenage mom on Medicaid and food stamps. And I was a waitress at, you know, 19. 19. Wow. So, um, that's a story and I'm sorry to hear about your sister. Um, thank you. you, How did you end up building your company? So I went to school when my son was two, Mm -hmm. I'd gotten married to my first husband. Um, and he was from Illinois. So we moved to Marion, Illinois, and I um, started school when Landon, my son, was two, and then Matt and I got divorced um, probably a year after I started school, so um, I, God, it's so long ago, I put myself to school, got my doctor, my master's degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology. And, um, then moved back home to Dallas and brought the hottest guy I could find on campus with me and my husband now. (laughs) And, um, and I started working in the school district as a speech pathologist and, I absolutely hated it. I had a caseload of 83 kids and I was just like, I loved the kids, but I could not, um, I I just could not feel like I really was where I was needing to be. And then I started doing pediatric home health and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is my true calling. And, um, but I quickly realized that if I worked for someone else, then I was going to be undervalued my whole life. And so I basically was like, you know, 28, I knew everything because, you know, who doesn't when they're 28 and, um, decided I, it was right after September 11th and I was pregnant with my second child and I said my exact words were I can do this shit myself so I just had no idea what I was doing but I just launched and opened my own company and that was 17 years ago yeah wow so how did you come up with that name kids care oh my gosh so I knew that I wanted to incorporate what we did so kids And I knew I wanted to focus on that we were care. And I looked at some of the other company names and they just didn't have a really good ring to them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what about kids care therapy? And that's what we started as because we only did therapy. We didn't do nursing services. 
And so I was just like, yeah, kids care, all one word, nothing crazy spelling, just kids care therapy. Perfect. And it wasn't taken. So I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Wow. 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 So, um, bring me back to your first location. Um, where is that at and how did you end up picking that? Our first location in business. So I had a partner when we first began Mm -hmm. and I, have you, have you seen the house? It was her house we started in. Have you seen it? No, no. Oh my gosh. I wish, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can show you. But you want me to try? Yeah, yeah. I Let would me love- try to pull it up and see if I can show you. It was her house, and it was um, less than ideal um, to start a business in, but it worked. I mean, it was all we had. So I, um, <clears throat> we set up camp there, and people would stop and do interviews, and yeah, we just started growing from there. Wow. Wow. I know it's, and Kate, when you see this, like, you'll just be like amazed that, and that we, we had little humble beginnings. Let me just say that. Oh, I can't see if I can find And how much was your initial investment? How much did you put in? So my dad had given me a investment of $10,000 and then on top of that, um, my partner who I had for about two years, she put in 2,500 and I put in 2,500. So we had $15,000 and that's what we started kids care with. Wow. Wow. Are you still a partner with that initial pa- the Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, um, we, we parted ways. We had just, um, ethical differences. That's all I can say. Um, and it just was not, I didn't know her very well, honestly. Um, let's see, can you see that? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So that's That's where we started. Yeah. I don't know if that, if people can see that, um, on the screen, but yeah, that, that was our first, first little office and we were there for about a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, um, do you remember your first sale, your first year sale? I do. I had, when I worked at a pediatric company before, um, I had about 18 patients. And when I said like, look, I'm leaving, I'm going to start my own agency. And they were like, there were 10 of them that said, well, wherever you go, we're going with you. And so they actually followed me to kids care. And then, um, from there we had this uh, harebrained marketing idea that was like, okay, we're going to print on, this was our big marketing budget. Um, cause we didn't have one and we, we printed on pastel like you know if you go to staples or whatever and you can get the package of pastel colored paper yeah so we printed flyers on that pastel paper and passed it out like put it you know how you'll have people go door to door and like wrap with rubber bands and wrap it around your doorknob yes 
what we did. That's what we did. And we, it was so funny because like we had two cordless phones at her house and, um, the, the phones would ring and we were like, oh my gosh, that's a referral. Holy shit. That's a referral to turn the TV off, you know? And it was like, it was a, it was so exciting. So she would get the referral and then I would be out doing therapy and then I would run the kids eligibility for, um, for their insurance when I got home. It was just this crazy setup, but yeah. And then we hired our first employee when we were, um, right around a year old, like our first office employee when we first got our office. Wow. What happened after that first location? How did you ended up? Did you rent a regular office or are you in retail? Tell me that transition. So we bought um, little, like rented a little space in this office complex. And it was three offices and it had a tiny, tiny, tiny reception area. And we hired this receptionist named Belinda and she came in and I remember she was making eight, was it $8 or eight fifty an hour? And she was so excited, no benefits, no PTO, no nothing else. Cause that's all we had. And she came in for her first day and she was like all dressed up. I think Belinda was like 21, if even that. And, um, she came in all dressed up and she walked in and I was wearing scrubs and I was sitting on the, in my little office, you know, and I went and met her and I was like, Hey, are you Belinda? And she said, yeah. And I said, Oh good. I'm glad you're here. You see that box right there? That's your chair. We're going to build it. And so we spent her first day building her chair. And I kid you not, Kate, she is still with me after 16 years. Wow. Well, you're doing something, you're doing something right for her to stay with you. Oh, that, that's I a lot about you. Her. I love her. And I told her, I was like, you know, you, you're going to retire here. I mean, you don't have an option now because I know where you live. Like <laughs> it won't end well. <laughs> okay. So you started with that second one after the house of your first business partner, when did you realize, like, I really got something here going on? What was that moment? Um, well, I knew our secret sauce was really going to be treating our employees well. Because it, I knew other agencies in the Dallas area. And I was like, if I would just treat the employees well, that's, our competitive advantage. And how hard is that? That doesn't cost anything. And, um, we just started getting like therapists being referred by other therapists and, and patients being referred by physicians and just like the word started getting out. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like how it, was just like being kind. Like how hard is that? I really wanted it to be our culture, to be 
like Chick-fil-A as opposed to Taco Bell. Gotcha. Wow. 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 You said your secret sauce, aside from treating your employee right, what else really worked for you? We were at a point in our second year where we had a therapist who committed a Medicaid fraud and six figures, like a hundred thousand dollars of Medicaid fraud. And she knew it and we knew it. And we were just like, you know what? We, no matter what, have to do the right thing. And we could sweep this under the rug. That's an option, but it's not the option that we're going to take. And we called the Home Health Care Association and the regulating department and OIG and turned ourselves in and said, look, this is what happened. What do we need to do? And I knew in that moment, like they could come in and shut us down. I mean, that, that that's a possibility. I don't know how they react to those things, but I knew that if at the end of the day, people had entrusted me with their license and livelihood and I had worked my ass off for my degree and I wasn't going to compromise it. And so I think making the right decision, even when it's hard is, has also been, um, our secret sauce being ethical. Wow. Wow. And not everyone's going to do that. No, no, no. Um, but I know that that's our reputation. I mean, that's even one of our core values. Mm-hmm. Our core values are care, commitment, accountability, results, and ethics. And um, we make all of our decisions based on those four principles. That's wonderful. So what have been the biggest challenges you've had to overcome? Personally or professionally? Professionally professionally. Um, that, um, was a hard one in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, honestly, Kate, I look at entrepreneurs in two camps. We're either builders or sustainers Mm -hmm. and I'm a builder. And I got to the point where I, it was like 2009 and, you know, I'd been in business for, six years, seven years at that time. And I was just like, or no, I'm sorry. It was 2012. Um, and I was just like, I'm bored, you know, doing the daily things just did not fill me up. And so I decided at that point that I would, um, enroll back in school and get my doctorate degree and not so much for me as who I was then, but I was doing it for, my 19 year old self who felt like, you know, there wasn't, she wasn't capable of more. So I did it for her. Wow. 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 That's powerful right there. So Courtney, what's the highest honor or award you've ever received? In 2016, 2017, I received Texas Businesswoman of the year. And then last year, I was also named one of the top 100 leaders in healthcare. 
That's so those two. Congratulations. Those are massive. Yes. Yeah. So what was one of your deepest motivation in life? One of my deepest motivations? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, okay. I think as women, we receive so many mixed messages you know, be beautiful, work hard, be sexy, don't compete. You know, it's like, which one am I supposed to listen to? You know, I mean, and I just, my motto, the one quote that I love is in a world of rhinestones, be a diamond. And what Whatever that looks like for you, how can you, as a, as a woman, as a woman of, of Christ and a woman who my spirituality and faith is very deep to me, how can I show up in the best version of me that, that I can? And how can I be a diamond no matter what the world says I am, you know? And that's one of my deepest motivations to show those who, I mean, we have 700 employees like, and, and the world around us. And like, how can I be me and the, a, be a proud version of who I am showing up every single day? Wow. Wow. Amazing. So what scares you the most about this current situation? Oh gosh. Um, <clears throat> oh, the current situation is really, you know, Kate, we, the media sells a lot of like their, their goal is to sell and get ratings. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of stories they're not focusing on that could calm people down. Like how many people have, um, gotten, and, you know, lived through this or how many people really who maybe have passed away, but had underlying conditions or, you know, and, and there are, I, I know people in healthcare, there are empty hospitals all over the place. This is, yes, it is very real and it is scary, but it, is it as big as we are being told? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that we also have been given a gift in the fact that right now we are seeing a lot of people come together and rely on their faith and be support systems to others and show up in a way we've kind of lost as humanity. Yeah. 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 It's hard times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think for me, it's like the fear of what's going to happen. The fear of the unknown, like when are we going to be out of this? But that's mm-hmm. scary for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is your business affected so far? Are you so open? You're in the healthcare. Are you considered essential? Mm-hmm. We are essential. And um, we also have pivoted. So but earlier we were talking about, you know, doctors and stuff. And so we have pivoted to be online. We do telemedicine visits and, um, it's been, I mean, 
There have been some challenges, but we basically pivoted in the course of three days and um, rolled out. I mean, the, the one thing that I can say is that I have been so blessed with such an incredible team. My executive leadership team is incredible. And I mean, they look at things tact- tactically and say, you know, how, here's the problem. What can we do to be the solution in a problem? And that's been really key for our our company to maintain, um, to keep it together, honestly. You know, I mean, some visits have been down some, um, but overall we're doing pretty good. So what do you, did you use your own um, apps or what what tools are you been using? Are you using Zoom to do the therapy online? So all of our therapists have, um, they're on digital devices. Mm-hmm. So they do their visits on a, it's kind of like an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do their visits on those. And then um, the parents, if they didn't have a computer or didn't have a phone or didn't have any kind of technology, then we have shipped those out to, I mean, we ordered a bunch and shipped those out to the parents. And um, so they're doing them on virtually like this on through zoom. Wow. Wow. So how, how long normally is the therapy like for a one-on-one? Um, is that 30 minutes, an hour? Or it depends. It just depends on what the kid will be able to, you know, um, what they can stand. But yeah, it's typically like 30, 45 minutes um, that we do our visits. That's wonderful. And I saw that you're in, you do um, coaching for women. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. So after I got my doctorate degree um, in organizational leadership, I I found research that says that we are at the rate we are going, we are more than a hundred years away from gender equality at the sea level. And that just pissed me off. I have two little girls who are not so little, they're 12 and 16. And I was like, that's not good enough for them. And that's not good enough for me. And that's not good enough for future generations. And so I, have taken my, you know, almost 20 years of being an entrepreneur and my life lessons and experiences and business knowledge. And I am pouring those into other female entrepreneurs who have service-based businesses that need guidance and I'm helping them scale. Wow. Yeah. I I saw some beautiful, amazing testimonial, how you've help them grow, grow their company. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. It's been so much fun. More about that. It's been so much fun. I love it. I could imagine. I love how you're so passionate about women. Um, That's just, we need each other. We need each other to help. You know, we need, it's crazy. Like we don't get funding as much as compared to the male CEO mm-hmm. and the data there's only like 1.7% of women in the U S that could reach over a million dollar revenue. So you doing that, we need, we need to break that numbers. 
Absolutely, we do. And, you know, I don't know the statistics on women getting funding and why they're not, um, why they're turned down in that. But I feel like if we know our data and can go in and speak the language of numbers, then that number would totally be different. I really feel that. Like if we can go in instead of talking about, um, you know, the, the passion and the excitement of the business and say, okay, here's my data, here's my revenue, here's, you know, like really have hard data, then that would help us. Yeah, absolutely. So Courtney, what have been the most influential experiences in your life? Well, when I was in school in orientation for my doctorate, I um, was asked, like we were tasked with writing our 80th birthday toast. Wow. And I was sitting there and I was just like, oh my gosh. And it was basically like who you are now as an 80, you know, who, what would they say if you were to, to be 80 right now? And I was just like, oh my gosh, that is not what I would want anyone to say. You know, I was drinking a lot and, um, I really wasn't showing up as the mom that I wanted to be remembered for. And that was in August. And I shit you not, Kate, a month later, on September 18th of 2012, I had a stroke in two places and had a seven hour brain surgery. What? Yes. I was 37 years old. Wow. And I woke up from that after my surgery and I was just like, you know what? This, this is, this is real. You know, that I could have died as that person, you know, and because 50% of the people who have the strokes that I did died before they even get out of surgery. And so um, I, I took that semester off to heal and then resumed coursework again in January of 2013. And it took me a while, but then in 2016, I happened to ask my, at that point, she was eight, my eight-year-old daughter. I said, what's one thing you would change about mommy if you could? And she, without a beat, without skipping a beat, she said, you drink too much wine. And I was just like, okay, that's it. And so on May 30th of 2016, I took my last drink. So I have not had a drink for almost four years. Wow. Coronavirus and all. Well, congratulations. So you're just drinking, does that Dr. Pepper? Diet Coke. Diet, Coke. Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that's, wow. that's my, my vice. Yeah. Yeah. I can't so that changed I'm, my life. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Uh, I can't believe I miss you in Macau. We were in the same place, but I didn't get a chance to see you in person. I know, across the world of that, you know? How crazy. And I was looking for you, and it was like I just kept missing you. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see you one of this. One of this I, know. Yeah. I know. When all this blows over, 
We'll have to go take a trip to your hotels. Yeah, let's go to the Philippines. Are you going to Bali? I'm not. It's my daughter's birthday that weekend, and I want to be here for it. She'll be 13. That's, that's big. Yeah. Okay. So Courtney, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneurs? Seek help, get guidance from people who have been there before, who can help shorten your learning curve. Absolutely. Without a doubt. You don't be too proud to ask for help. That's, that's amazing. I, I wish I've done that in the beginning. I could probably save myself a lot of money and error. <laughs> yes. yes especially us we're embarrassed to ask for help because we don't mm-hmm. want to be judged but like people are actually willing to give their advice and willing to help you mm-hmm. yeah yeah if we just humble ourselves and say i don't have all the answers i've never done this before so why would i think that i should know what to do i'm going to ask somebody who knows absolutely Absolutely. And Courtney, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, gosh. Um, How do I want to be remembered? Um, As a spitfire who, um, (laughs) you know, as a spitfire with, my friend once called me an M&M. She said, you're really hard on the outside, but you're a softy on the inside. And uh, I, I think that's, that's probably a good, I don't want to be remembered for an M&M, but just a soft spitfire. Wow. That's really good. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation and thank you for sharing your story. Well, thanks for having me. It's so good to see you again see you well thank you so much and Courtney where can they find you for anyone who wanted to um do use your services as a business coach where can they find you sure you can email me at it's Courtney no you so c-o-r-t-n-e-y at courtneybaker.com well thank you everyone for tuning in and um stay safe yes bye Courtney bye we hope you enjoyed the show don't forget to rate review and subscribe and visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode